Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you are joining me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. First off, I want to start by saying congratulations to Tom Brady um, for a career well done. Hopefully this is the last time I have to congratulate Tom Brady for a career well done um, because he doesn't come out of retirement again. However, if he does come out of retirement again, that's his that's his prerogative, and I'll be here to cover it. I just hope it's not for the Bucks, not because I don't appreciate the Super Bowl that he obviously helped bring, but because I I really believe in being in the hunt, like and being around, and then making that move to get you over the top, and so. I don't really see anything but diminishing returns um, with Tom Brady at this point. Um, I don't know if last year was an anomaly. Some people would have you believe it was the the offensive coordinator. I don't agree with those people, not at all. I think that's I think that's that's BS. I think it's um, it's scapegoatish and it's it's above people who know football. Um, people who know football, people who understand football, know that it doesn't really matter what the offense is if you execute it, right? The reason that the Titans have had so much success over the years with that dilapidated um, old school offense, as they say, is because the execution is one that's great. The reason why the Baltimore Ravens have had success with trying to turn Lamar Jackson into a single wing running back is because they they do it well, like they execute it well. And so, and the quarterbacks execute it well. And so Tom Brady didn't execute well last year. And there were injuries and, and people kept saying, oh, well, we've got to adjust and, and play action. It's like play action's not going to gonna roll when your quarterback's scared to get hit. Play action only works regularly a, when you have a run game worth a damn, the Bucks didn't. And B, when your quarterback's not afraid to get hit because there are going to be times where he comes out of that play action and there's somebody right in his face. It was clear from the moment the, the season started, Tom Brady did not want to get hit. I give him a lot of passes on, this, on his bad performance this year because – I believe that his personal life got in the way of his professional. We always tell people, hey, you got to be professional, you got to be professional. But the truth is, life happens. And sometimes that life gets in the way of the professional. The personal gets in the way of the professional. I think that happened to Brady. I think it's a perfect time for him to transition into something different. He's got a half, a quarter billion dollars waiting for him in the booth. He might as well start collecting that check right now. He doesn't have to take any hits. That's a beautiful thing. Golden parachute for Tom Brady. Only two quarterbacks have gotten that, that level of golden parachute. Tom Brady and, 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 um, uh, gosh, what is his name from the Saints? It'll come back. Drew Brees. There we go. Drew Brees and Tom Brady, the only two I've seen to get that golden parachute, walk out of the, 
walk off the field and walk into, oh, I shouldn't say that, I guess, um, to a certain extent, um, and the cow, a boy from the Cowboys got it too, but I digress. Um, I also saw people really excited for the D'Amico Ryan's hire um, in Houston. And while I am inclined to be, while I'm inclined to be excited for Ryan's to get his first opportunity to be a head coach, one that he should have gotten two years ago, and one that he shouldn't that he should have gotten a year ago. I'm not exactly excited about where he's going. Yes, I get the storyline. He's he 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 starred for. He starred for Houston, and now he's coming back as their head coach. That's a great story. But it doesn't bother anybody else that Houston's had. This is now the third black quarter black head coach in a row for Houston. And the first two, they got out of there in a year. So here's my thing, right? Maybe, let's look at this on the bright side. Maybe David Cully knew the fix was in. Maybe when they hired him, they said, hey, listen, we're going to bring you in for one year and we're firing you, but but we're going to give you, I mean, because you're a head coach, you, you, you have a guaranteed contract, you're going to get all your money. Maybe that's what they told David Cully and he was cool with it. Maybe. That's what they told Lovey Smith, and he was cool with it, right? Hey, we're going to hire you for a year, you know, um, play hard, but we're trying to tank, we're trying to rebuild, and then we're going to get you out of here and get the coach in that we want. And maybe, maybe Lovey Smith was cool with that. Maybe, maybe um, both of those guys looked at the opportunity in Houston as one last chance at a paycheck, at one last chance, one last opportunity to cash in before their before their their careers are over. I'm not exactly sure, but that's best case scenario, right? That's the best case scenario. The best case scenario is that both of those guys were in on the fix from the beginning. And that both of those guys knew that they were only going to be there for one season. So here's the problem, right? If that's not the case, which I don't believe it is. If that's not the case, then they set David Cully up to look like he wasn't going to be a good head coach. Terrible record. And then you get him out of there after a year, and then everybody says, oh, well, you know, David Cully was never really a, head, a, a, a good head coaching candidate. So now, if David Cully ever wanted to be a head coach in the future, he is actually hamstrung by that one season that he spent um, in Houston. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, then check out what just happened in Carolina where the head coach did everything imaginable to win to win that job, to earn that job, only for that job to be given to someone who failed somewhere else at a greater level than he than he did. 
with all of the resources that he never had. With all of the support that he never got. If Lovey Smith's career isn't over, if he really thought, hey, listen, I can go to Houston and if I get three years, I can turn them into a legitimate competitive team. People keep saying that Lovey Smith hasn't been good in a long time. I would like to remind you of Lovey Smith's arc, right? Because Lovey Smith took over a bad team in Illinois. And by the time he left, he didn't leave because they weren't getting better. He left because that school thought, okay, it's time for whatever the next step is. Well, the next year after he leaves, they do better with his same players. Why? Because they're a year older. Illinois was on the upswing when Lovey Smith was let go or not when his contract ran out. They were on the upswing, not the downswing. He took over a team down and had them on the way up. Somebody else gets to come in and reap the benefits of what he's already, the foundation that he's already built. Then you go back to Tampa Bay. First year, they flat out tanked. The next year, they got Jameis Winston, growing pains, rookie quarterback, and he's gone. His offensive coordinator, who I still believe the offensive coordinator and the general manager that was hired after he was hired, snaked him. I will, I will go to my grave believing that those two colluded and got him out of there. You fire the head coach and you promote the offensive coordinator? What kind of sense does that make? The head coach and the offensive coordinator. So the offensive coordinator gets promoted so he can do what? Not focus on the offense anymore? The ridiculousness of that made no sense. But two years he got. An obvious tank year and a rebuild. An obvious tank year and a rebuild. That's what he got. Name the coaches who do well in those situations. So it wasn't as if he's all of a sudden become a bad coach. He just hasn't had time. And nobody who is rebuilding from the bottom is good when they don't have time. People keep acting as if the, the, the Giants were bottomed out, but the Giants were losing close games. The Giants were in games the last two years with Joe Judge as the head coach. They just didn't win them. This year, the first half of the season, they won those close games. The second half of the season, they lost them all. First half of the season, they won them. Second half of the season, they lost them all. Look at the record. So for all of the success that the Giants had, it wasn't, oh, they were, they were bottomed out. They weren't far away. They were not far away. That defense didn't add no, didn't add a bunch of pieces. They added Kayvon Thibodeau as a rookie. That was it. They got rid of a pro bowler. 
They got rid of a pro bowler in the secondary. They added Kayvon Thibodeau. They, they've got a hodgepodge of linebackers. What did they do? What did they improve? That defense wasn't like stellar. It was solid. Been but don't break. Very similar to the year before. The difference is the quarterback didn't turn the ball over. The quarterback didn't turn the ball over. That was the that was the difference. And so they got better. And so now we look at D'Amico Ryans in a situation where he's in Houston, where they've had some issues at Houston with black people and how they were treated in that organization. And I'm supposed to get excited because they fired a black coach and hired a black coach. And then I look around the rest of the league and I don't see black coaches getting hired anywhere else. That's not progress, ladies and gentlemen. That is stagnation. That's not progress. And I'm not here to be stagnant. Lastly, I just want to speak to all of the senior high school athletes out there, whether you're male or female, whatever sports you play. Yesterday was National Signing Day. It's okay if you did not sign on National Signing Day. I'm going to tell you that because people act as if that's the deadline to sign. When in reality, that's just a checkpoint. And now because of the different because of the different signing periods, you really have a lot more elasticity in when you sign. But now the fun begins. And I'm going to tell you the truth. There are some players out there, there are some players out there who they, they will sign with a school that doesn't fit them. Or they will sign with a school that is below the level that they could have played at all because they were not patient. All because the thirst of signing on signing day is too much to ignore. And sometimes that thirst, that want, that longing to be recognized on national signing day gets you put into a school, at a school that does not fit you that does not jive with your skill set, that is not at the level that you feel like you should be competing at. So then what do you do next year? You jump in the transfer portal. And then you have all of these people tell you, oh, the transfer portal, man, it's killing high school. Here's, here's I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. If there's 1,500 people in the transfer portal, that came from scholarship schools that were on scholarship, then there's 1,500 more scholarships than there was when they were not. So there's still the amount of high school or the amount of equivalencies they get every year, plus the added scholarships from the people who have left. That's how this thing works. Nothing's changed. It's just the way that these teams are pulling the talent is different. So in some cases, people say, hey, man, if you get an offer, you better accept that offer. You better, you better commit right now. Yeah. 
if you feel good about the school, if you feel that that's a place that you can be for four years without playing football, but if you don't feel good about the school and you don't think that's a place that you're going to be for four years without playing football, then you should not commit. You should not sign there. If that means that you have to reset and and if, if, if sports is your real life and you have to go and prep a year, reclassify, whatever you need to do in order to make your dream come true, do it. There is no set rules to this thing. There is no set rules. If that means you got to go to JUCO for a year, do it. But be smart about the JUCO that you go to. Look at their track record for playing freshmen. Look at their track record academically. Make sure that you can transfer without graduating from from, um, junior college. Make sure that they don't try to set you up where you're at junior college for three years. You've got to do your due diligence, take more classes than somebody would normally take. So you can maybe be out in a year and a half instead of in two years. Set yourself up for success at the next level by not being in a hurry just to be celebrated on signing day. I guarantee you this, a lot of the places I see around here, it doesn't matter where you when, when you sign. They're going to set a table up for you, put a backdrop down, balloons, cake. If you sign in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, they're going to set up a time for you to be celebrated because it's marketing. Yeah, we want to celebrate you. But we also want the outside world to know, hey, another kid's going to college from our high school. That means your middle schooler should come to us. That's a symbiotic relationship. That's how it should work. But the thirst of I got to sign on signing day. This is the first signing day I didn't go out and cover and cover on things. You know why? I didn't really see a need to. There were so many other people that I went to see do signings other times that I was like, man, it used to be one day where we would all just come and boom, 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 boom. And now it's so spread out. So I don't feel the need to. I don't feel the need to cover it. See, we have to start thinking like the business and stop thinking like the employee. If we start thinking like the business, and stop thinking like the employee, then our opportunity to have more success is there. But it's only if we take that initiative to be smarter about how we attack these things. If not, you just end up in the transfer portal. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemson. Do this thing a few times a week. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, whatever you do. Keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Until next time, peace.